I'm a ghost. This is Halloween. And this is a ghost that has taken over the podcast. Ooh. That's believable, right? In general, I talk to myself as a ghost. Ain't nothing but a boo thing, baby. Isn't that a song? What I just sang. I'm not, I'm not gonna sing it again. Bud, bud, bud. You're gonna tell me a scary story? Yes. A scary story straight from hell. Are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, what? Happy Hi. Halloween. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Why'd you tell me to start it? Because I didn't know if you were going to, so I just did it because your mouth hurt. This is Destination Scary Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Destination Scary Pod. <laughs> Today is Halloween. Not for us. In two days, it'll be Halloween. Not for that us. it matters when we get to celebrate it on this island. You can if you How? want. How? If you want, if you want to, just celebrate I do. It. How? Will you help me? I can't celebrate Dress it fucking up. Well. You can come upstairs. We'll watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Promise. Yes. Can 100. we get some candy? Yes. Can we get a witch's hat if we see one? Can we what? Get, get a witch's hat if we sure. see one. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, a broom. <laughs> Take it to the house with some hocus pocus. I love that. I do need a new broom. <laughs> Today on Destination Scary Pod. We're talking about, oh, I'm talking about I'm talking. scary stories. What if that was just for you? What if we weren't even recording yet? And now I'm like, okay, are you ready to record now? Okay. So. I have two things to talk about. We're going to talk about Anna Baker. Okay. And we're going to talk about um, the Chinese ghost stories. Or Chinese ghost weddings. Like okay. we brought up last time at some point. I feel like we, we're, we're holding on really hard, guys, to this podcast. But this is not our job. I feel like it's prudent to say this is not our job. <laughs> if it is our job... Y'all are not great employers. <laughs> Wait, are they our boss? No. Somebody is. Who's paying us? We're not. The no fucking employed. nobody. Right. So then there we are back to our original point. Yeah. So just let us know you're out there. <laughs> yeah. I see that we have a decent amount of Canadian listeners. And most of our listeners are in New Jersey. Really? Shout out to New Jersey. Yes. Uh, thank you. I've been there. I've been to Atlantic City. I didn't like it, but I bet it's better outside of Atlantic City. And you guys have good tomatoes, so keep listening. Great. We just lost all our Jersey listeners. <laughs> Tell the scary story. Maybe not. It was not. my fault. I want to know about Anna Baker. Okay. So, this is... Um, Anna Baker. <laughs> so. Who said Foxy Anna Baker? 
1849, <laughs> in the small town of Altoona, Blair County, Pennsylvania, the mansion called the Baker Mansion was home to Elias Baker and his wife, Hetty, where they lived along with their two sons, David Woods and Sylvester, and their youngest daughter, Anna Baker. Okay. Dump, dump, dump. <laughs> Oh, God, it was time to dum dum dum. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Anna Baker? What if she's the murderer? I just need to know how she plays into this. We need well, to hear more of the, the murder story right now. So if I said you know, Anna Baker, you know what you dum, told dum, us? Um, no, what you told us is <laughs> there's a guy in the house with his two sons and his daughter and his wife's Hetty. Elias was a true patriarch. Patriarch. Loved his country. <laughs> no, that's a <laughs> oh, patriot! Patriot! Oh, he he loved his family. Are you a patriot? Yes, family. Okay, and he Baker purchased the nearby Allegheny Furnace in 1836 in partnership with his cousin Roland. Elias brought his wife Hetty and their two sons, and all the kids that I just mentioned. From Lancaster County to what was described as a tolerable good mansion house. Okay. To not as great as the one in the other county. Right. They had a fourth child, Margareta, who was born in 1839, but she died of diphtheria at the age of two. In 1844, Elias bought out his cousin's share in the furnace. That same year, he contracted with Baltimore architect Robert Carey Long Jr. to design his new home. Work got underway on the mansion in 1845, but many problems and delays slowed its completion until 1849. The total cost was about $15,000. That's a lot of money back then. A lot of money back then. Almost $530,000 okay. today's money. <laughs> the cost overruns coupled with falling prices for iron pushed Mr. Baker to the brink of financial ruin before the home was finished. Still, Baker, ever the ter- determined businessman, pressed ahead and achieved his dream house. David Woods Baker ended up marrying Sarah Tuttle in 1851. They had one daughter in 1852. Woods was killed in a steamboat boiler explosion just two and a half weeks after the birth of his daughter. Louise later married Ernst Beckman and returned with him to live in his native Sweden. So they're not in the mansion anymore. Sylvester and Anna both remained single and lived in the mansion until their deaths. After Anna died in 1914, the mansion was closed until 1922, and it's now a museum. Back to the story. In 1836, Elias Baker was ignorant to the desires of his youngest child. Anna had fallen in love with an employee who worked for him. The authoritarian figure of her father made Anna give up the only man she wanted to marry. Receiving strong objections from her family, this hidden affair was short-lived and ended on a tragic note like its temporary glory. This loss stayed with her until her death and thereafter. Confining her within the walls of the only true love she had ever known, Anna made a decision to never marry again. 
1848, when Elias Baker died, she visited the man she still loved, only to find that he had settled down. This made her bitter, angry, and sad, for she had lost she had lost her only chance of happiness because of her father. Anna soon lost her mind and was declared insane by the town <laughs> for her erratic behavior and unsocial behavior. I feel like I should be... I'm not social at all. Alone in the mansion, the maids would often find her dancing in the halls of the room, dressed in her white wedding gown, moving along to the rhythm that played on her music box. Today, the haunted dress is safely in the Baker Mansion, but seems to have absorbed the heartache and bitterness, no doubt felt by Anna. The house is supposedly haunted by multiple members of the Baker family, but it is Anna, and subsequently her dress, that is the most active. According to claims, the dress doesn't just move on its own. It has been seen shaking violently and rocks back and forth almost as if it's dancing. The activity spikes around Halloween, big shocker. <laughs> it's been known to cause hallucinations and make people see the apparition of a young woman dancing around the mansion. In 2001, the society completed an exterior rehabilitation during the building of its original appearance. Work has begun on interior rehabilitation. Um, I searched for wedding haunted. I searched for <laughs> murder wedding. Yeah. I searched for all kind of shit, but every single ghost you see is in a wedding dress. So a ton of stupid shit popped up. <laughs> so I decided to go with the Chinese ghost weddings. And basically, it's just a shit ton of information that you guys are about to get about people marrying dead people. Okay. Dead people marrying dead people, right? Yes. We talked about this one before. A ghost marriage is a marriage in which one or both parties are deceased. Not always dead people. Deceased means dead. According to Wikipedia, France also has its own version of this. So... This is, like, creepy. <laughs> Don't listen to this on Halloween. <laughs> In traditional Chinese culture, it is shameful to be the parents of an unwed daughter, and unmarried girls are often shunned from society. For men, ghost marriages were often performed for the sake of progeny. In addition, ghost marriage for men let the family's lineage carry on. The spouse of a deceased male could adopt a child who would carry on the lineage, lineage of the man's family. Other reasons for performing ghost marriages for disease, deceased males are dreams and seances from the spirits of the males who want to be married. Chinese tradition also says that younger brothers do not marry before their older brothers, so sometimes a Chinese ghost marriage will be performed to stay in line with this tradition. Okay. So... I can't get married before you. Okay. If you are previously engaged, upon the death of her fiancé, a bride could choose to go through with the wedding in which the groom was represented by a white cockerel at the ceremony. However, some woman, women are hesitant since this form of ghost marriage required her to participate in the funeral ritual 
mourning customs, including strict dress and conduct standards, take a vow of celibacy, and immediately take up residence with his family. Oh, well. I draw my line, <laughs> yeah. the line at the fucking last one. Right. The groom had the groom had the option of marrying his late fiance with no disadvantages. These ghost marriages were similar to both a wedding and a funeral. The families of the participants will exchange gifts of various sizes, which can include cakes, dresses, and money. A funeral they do that then? I don't know about you, but if I have to choose between the three, give me a cake. Right. I don't know, not me. I think I want the dresses. You don't want the money? Yeah. Yeah, we don't care. But we do want your money. Yeah. But just not the money at our funeral. Yeah. No. Give us cake. Yeah. And dresses. (laughs) To represent the deceased person, effigies made of bamboo will be used. These are clothed in what people would wear to weddings and are usually burned afterwards. Most of the rites, most of the rites of marriage are actually performed in the same way regular Chinese marriages are usually performed. The practice leads to reported cases of female corpses being stolen. In 2017 through 19, it is reported that a black market of female corpses has appeared in the provinces of Shandong, Shanxi, and Shanxi. <laughs> A female dead body can be sold in the range of several hundred thousands Chinese money for the purpose of marrying them. Even corpses of married elderly women have become targets of such illegal trade. So weird. Married corpses. Like, they're already married. Oh. You can't do that. If that's the whole premise of this whole thing, you can't sell a corpse that's married. Wow. That should be illegal. It should be. Only only sell single corpses. (laughs) For God's sake, what is the world coming to? In 2019, some graveyards uh, resorted to CCTV cameras and concrete coffins to prevent thefts. That's how bad it got. That's crazy. Chinese ghost marriage was usually set up by the family of the deceased and performed for a number of reasons, including the marriage of a couple engaged before one member's death to integrate an unmarried daughter into a patrilineage to ensure the family line is continued or to ensure that no younger brother is married before an elder brother. That's very important. Wow. When it comes to death customs, an unmarried Chinese woman has no descendants to worship her or care for her as part of a lineage. In every household, an altar is prominently displayed with the spirit tablets of the paternal ancestors and the images of the gods. A married woman's tablet is kept at the altar of her husband's family. However, should a woman of eligible age pass away unmarried, her family is prohibited from placing her tablet on the altar of her native home. Instead, she will be given a temporary paper tablet placed not on the domestic altar, but in a corner (laughs) near the door. Hence, the important duty of Chinese parents in marrying off their children becomes increasingly important for the daughters. 
Since women are only able to acquire membership in decent lines through marriage, ghost marriage became a viable solution to ensure that unmarried deceased daughters still had affiliation to a male, male de descent line and could be appropriately cared for after death. Another death custom concerning an unmarried daughter prohibited from her dying in her native home. Instead, a temple or death house for spinsters was built or, oh my God. or families take their daughter to a shed or outlying buildings to uh, die. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> and here is... Okay, so... This is still living unmarried daughters. Not only did the Chinese customs concerning death greatly burden the family, but an unmarried daughter became a source of great embarrassment and concern. In Charlotte Eichel's parental perspectives on the significance of marriage, she reports traditionally girls who did not marry were regarded as a threat to the entire family and were not allowed to continue living at home. Even in contemporary Hong Kong, it is believed unmarried women are assumed to have psychological problems. <laughs> Keep listening. Presumably, no normal person would remain unmarried voluntarily. <laughs> For girls who choose to remain unmarried, bride-initiated spirit marriage um, was a successful marriage-resistant practice. So they would marry these people after they died. They're like, fuck you, we're going to marry you anyway. <laughs> um, that al allowed them to remain single while still being integrated into a lineage. However, it did come with some negative connotations, being called a fake spirit marriage or referred to as marrying a spirit tablet in a way to avoid marriage. <laughs> No, but I feel like I am married, so I'm not an unmarried person. Or I've been married, so my lineage is secure. <laughs> I'm descendant lineage. Oh, you had boys. You're good oh, for a couple of generations. Oh God. oh, God. I had another boy after that, too. I'm real good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. And you so know Brittany and Tyler are going to have a hundred other kids. Yeah, no. Hopefully. So, no, I'm right. Um, <laughs> I agree, but they don't. So that's our Destiny It's Scary Pod. No, right? it's not oh, over. Sorry. I still actually have a decent amount. Wow. I thought um, was are you out. bored? A little. <laughs> that's so rude. I think this is so interesting. Well, tell me some more stuff that's interesting. <laughs> if a son died before marriage, his parents arranged a ghost marriage to provide him with progeny to continue the lineage and give him his own descendants. So they're supposed to have married, I mean, they still have babies after they die or something? Like, how does that mean? So they adopt or something. Oh, uh, okay. I don't fully know. I don't fully understand this, but I do know that, like, your ancestors and the Asian cultures, a lot of Asian cultures are the people and the gods that you worship because they're the ones that are taking care of you. So that's why you take care of them before. And I guess that's why it's so important that you continue the line. Okay. 
Um, a man in China does not marry so much for his own benefit as for that of the family to continue the family name to provide. That's kind of sad too. <laughs> To provide descendants to keep up the ancestral worship and to give a daughter-in-law to his mother to wait on her and be, in general, a daughter to her. Occasionally, a live woman... (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally, a live woman is taken as a wife for a dead man, but this is rare. The ceremony itself takes on characteristics of both a marriage and a funeral with the spirit of the deceased bride being led by a medium or priest while her body is transferred from her grave to be laid next to her husband. I have a story at the end that's similar to that. Okay. The family, If the family was, quote, suitably rich to tempt a living girl... <laughs> The ghost marriage might profit them with the asset of having a daughter-in-law. Since a daughter is not considered a potential contributor to the lineage into which she is born, but rather it is expected that she will give the children she bears and her adult labor to the family of her husband. Okay. So anything with anything on the women side goes to the husband. Yeah. Any, any boys stays in, with the family. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. The wife, um, the wife of a deceased son, would benefit her husband's family by becoming a caregiver in their home. Once the deceased son has a wife, the family could adopt an heir or a grandson to continue on the family line. The purpose of the daughter-in-law was not to produce offspring, as she was to live a chaste life, but she. But she became the social instrument to enable the family to adopt. The family preferred to adopt prefers to adopt patrilineally related to Melkin, usually through a brother assigning one of his own sons to the lineage of the deceased. Oh, hmm. I see. The adoption was carried out by writing up a contract, which was then placed under the dead man's tablet. As an adopted son, whose duties were to make ancestral offerings on his birth and death dates, and he was additionally entitled to inherit his foster father's share of the family estate. Okay. This is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost marriages are often set up by request of the spirit of the deceased, who, upon finding itself without a spouse in the other world, causes misfortune for its native family the family of its betrothed or the family or the of the deceased married sisters <laughs> this usually takes the form of sickness by one or more of the family members when the sickness is not cured by ordinary means the family turns to divination and learns of the play of the ghost through a séance more benignly a spirit may appear to a family member in a dream and request a spouse Marjorie Topley in Ghost Marriages Among the Singapore Chinese relates the story of one 14-year-old Cantonese boy who died. A month later, he appeared to his mother in a dream saying that he wished to marry a girl who had recently died in Ipoh Parak. The son did not reveal her name. His mother used a Cantonese spirit medium, and through her, the boy gave the name of the girl together with her place of birth and age and details of her horoscope, which were subsequently found to be compatible with his. Wow. 
and they found her. That's crazy. So because Chinese custom dictates that younger brothers should not marry before their older brothers, a ghost marriage for an older deceased brother may be arranged just before a younger brother's wedding to avoid incurring the disfavor of his brother's ghost. Additionally, in the days of immigration, ghost marriages were used to cement a bond of friendship between two families. If a family wishes to arrange a ghost marriage, they may consult with a matchmaker of, of sorts. In the Cantonese area of Singapore, there is in fact a ghost marriage broker's sign hung up in a doorway in a Taoist priest's home. The broker announces that he is willing to undertake the search for a family which has a suitable deceased member with a favorable horoscope. <laughs> Others do not use the aid of any priest or diviner, diviner and believe that the groom the ghost bride has chosen will somehow, will somehow identify himself. Typically, the family lays a red envelope, usually used for gifts of money, as bait in the middle of the road. They then take to hiding, and when the envelope is picked up by a passerby, they come out and announce his status of being the chosen bridegroom. Wow. Can you imagine just picking up some trash and somebody being like, oh, thank you, you're, <laughs> you're my husband. <laughs> the exchange, and your wife is dead, yes. by the way. <laughs> the exchange of bride wealth and dowries between the two families involved in a ghost marriage is quite variable. And families may exchange both, one or the other, or even just red money packets. There's no standard amount exchanged, but several of Janice Stockard's informants reported that the groom's family provided the bride with a house. In another reported ghost marriage, the groom's family sent wedding cakes and 120 Chinese monies to the bride's family, who returned it with a dowry of a gold ring, gold necklace, several pairs of shoes, and six dresses, all fitted for the use of the groom's living wife. <laughs> At least they're taking care of her. Yeah. In a ghost marriage, many of the typical marriage rites are observed. However, since one or more parties is deceased, they are otherwise represented most often by effigies made of paper, bamboo, or cloth. For instance, a ghost couple at their marriage feast, the bride and groom may be constructed of paper bodies over a bamboo frame with a paper mache, a papier mache <laughs> head on, e <laughs> on either side of them stands their respective paper servants, and the room contains many other paper, paper effigies of products they would use in their home, such as a dressing table <laughs> complete with a mirror and a table and six stools and money safe, a refrigerator, trunks of paper, <laughs> clothes, and cloth. After the marriage ceremony is complete, all of the paper belongings are burned to be sent into the spirit world to be used by the couple. In another ceremony that Mary... Like, can't you fucking put a, throw a mixer in there? Make me a paper mixer. I need a toaster. In another ceremony that married a living groom to a ghost bride, the effigy was similar, but instead um, constructed with a wooden backbone, arms made from newspaper, and the head of a smiling young girl clipped from a wall calendar. <laughs> Similarly, after the marriage festivities, the dummy is burned. Too bad for that model, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's in the magazine <laughs> or the calendar. 
In both cases, the effigies wore real clothing similar to that which is typically used in marriage ceremonies. This includes a pair of trousers, a white skirt, a red dress with a lace outer dress. Additionally, they were adorned with jewelry through Though similar in fashion to that of a typical bride's, it was not made of real gold. If a living, yeah, they don't, the dead people don't deserve the real jewelry. (laughs) If a living groom is marrying a gross bride, he will wear black gloves instead of the typical white. This is so interesting (laughs) to me. Most of the marriage ceremony and rites are performed true to Chinese custom. In fact, the bride was always treated as though she was alive and participating in the proceedings, from being fed at the wedding feast in the morning to being invited in and out of the cab to being told of her arrival at the groom's house. That's (laughs) crazy. No offense to anybody who believes in this. It's just very different from our culture. One observable difference in a ghost marriage is that the ancestral tablet of the deceased is placed inside the effigy so that the bride's dummy is animated with the ghost that is to be married and then placed with the groom's family tablets at the end of the marriage festivities. In 2009, Li Long died of leukemia in a local hospital in China's central Henan province. His mother finally found him a bride, Lee, another person namely Xu Ying from the same village, who was hours away from dying of kidney failure, according to Mrs. Mr. Chow. The bride passed away shortly after, he says, and the two families hugged and wept in the funeral, grieving but celebrating. The day after, a funeral-turned-wedding was held, and the couple, who both passed away at a young age and had never met each other while alive, were buried together at Lee's family grave. And here is the traditional prayer that they said. (laughs) So and so, I hereby inform you, you died at a young age and thus did not realize the great principle of marriage. You sleep alone in the dark world and lack the intimacy of man and woman. Just as living people long for companionship, the dead fear loneliness as well. Unexpectedly, so-and-so's family had a daughter who just passed away like an autumn leaf. We sent a betrothal for you so your souls might meet. We selected this auspicious day for the rite of your union. We also set out an offering next to your shrine tablet furnished with all kinds of foods. Please send your spirit down to the banquet and eat the meal. (laughs) <laughs> wow and this is why I want to do weddings in different cultures because this is interesting shit to me it's very interesting there's just a lot of it you're falling asleep are you done? yep Whoa. spooky what did I call it? Um, thank you for listening to Destination Scary Pod oh, yeah Yes, please rate, review, and subscribe. I guess this was a, I guess this was a bonus episode. But so we'll see you again next Tuesday or whenever it is again. I don't really know. Yeah, we just recorded the one that they're gonna. You have it like a, a darkness in here too. That's why it's like super dark. Is the darkness physical? No, maybe we should find me a corpse bride. <laughs> Graham, husband. I have a husband. <laughs> <laughs>